The Thread is a new hit podcast from Ozzy Media that explores history's surprising connections in order to discover how one thing leads to another. Like how movie moguls in early Hollywood helped spark the Me Too movement today. Get it on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen. Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. Let's talk first of all this half about Emanuel Velikovsky. He was a Russian-born psychiatrist. He was a historian. He was a colleague of Albert Einstein. He came up with a controversial theory about Venus. Tell us about that. Well, he was actually researching a historical book at Columbia University and came across a papyrus that looked like it was talking about the, the, 12, the Ten Plagues of Egypt. Uh, this would be a historical historical support or academic support for a very controversial um, subject. Um, so he started to pursue that. It looked to him like this was reporting global effects of a cal- uh, calamity in ancient times. And he had access there in Columbia's library to texts from all over the world. He started comparing other texts from the same eras to see if they were reporting the same thing, and they were. And the interesting thing was that in every case they discovered that the upheaval was um, assigned to a comet. But the name that each culture assigned to to their comet, which could be different from culture to culture, later on became assigned to Venus as a planet. And he couldn't understand why that was. And the more he looked, the more it became clear to him that Venus was added to the family of planets at that moment, that before that time none of the cultures encountered Venus as a planet. So that makes him made him think that Venus must be more recently formed than billions of years ago. Why wouldn't they have seen it prior to 3000 BC? And he talked about Venus only being thousands of years old, right? That's right, uh, and that um, conclusion carries with it um, a number of uh, effects that that he used as um, to to make predictions about what would be found when we actually ended up at Venus. Um, if Venus is a young planet, then we would expect to find it to be very hot. We got there, we discovered it is so hot that probes melt on the surface. It's a 700-degree surface that will melt lead. Um, if it's a new planet that formed at a different time than the other planets, then it should have differences in rotation from the other planets, which it does. It should have a pristine surface, which it does. It should have, um, uh, there, there shouldn't have been time for a, uh, a core, a metallic core to form in the center of Venus. And so far, there's been no confirmation of a core. They think that it's liquid or um, maybe um, a very young core. Um, all sorts of different effects that, um, that play out based on the premise that Venus is young. And his book, Worlds in Collision, became a bestseller, yet top academicians came out of the woodwork lair to destroy the guy, didn't they? Yeah, these are people from Harvard University who did some really uh, unusual things. Um, first of all, they um, flatly criticized, critiqued the book without ha- ever having read it on the basis of just a, a, an advanced article that I published about the book. They, they um, really slammed the book, uh, tried to get it not to be published. They um, ended up... Um, Fomenting, fomenting a, a boycott of the publisher, Macmillan and Company, of their textbook division to try to arm twist the publisher into to canceling the book. And Macmillan came up with a pretty good, um, interesting solution to that. They actually made the decision to transfer the rights to a best-selling novel 
to one of their rivals who didn't have a textbook division. They, they passed it to Doubleday uh, as a way of circumventing these uh, academics. Now, since 1950, haven't there been a long list of astronomical predictions made by Velikovsky that have come true? Yeah, now, these, as I said, these are all natural consequences of the premise that Venus is a young planet. Right. And since 1950, even up until the present day, we have point after point after point that Velikovsky surmised would be found to be true about Venus and other planets, and each one eventually comes true. You know, in every case, every case, the astronomers are saying, oh, no, no, that couldn't possibly be true. And then eventually it turns out, that, yes, it sure is. Uh, one, one of the really controversial ones was the claim that water would be found on the moon. Uh, even Velikovsky's hmm. closest friend said, look, you've really gone too far here. They're never going to find water on the moon. And sure enough, they have. That's true. Now, how did he find these things out? Well, as I said, this is just, Velikovsky worked... Um, his method was a qualitative one, like Einstein. Einstein would spend long, time, long periods of time thinking about the universe and how things work and come up with conclusions based on, on those, those sort of thought experiments he did. And Velikovsky did the same thing with, with the Venus problem. Um, he said, if this is true, what else can we expect to be true that would validate it? Interesting take. And, and in terms of before he died, was he vindicated? Velikovsky um, really died sort of a broken broken man. Uh, there had been a symposium in San Francisco that it was organized by the uh, AAAS, the American Association for the Advancement of Science, and they had invited critics of Velikovsky, like Carl Sagan and some other um, popularizers of science of the day, to come and make counter presentations, you know, against Velikovsky's claims. Um, it, it was sort of a hit job in that Velikovsky was not actually given time to answer all those critiques. He he was given equal time with the other critics, but since there were many of them and only one of him, he, he had to scramble to try to answer their points. Um, so a lot of Americans got the and all over the world got the impression that Velikovsky had been refuted uh, at that symposium, and Velikovsky had sort of become the the crackpot's crackpot. He's the guy who's like Voldemort, his name is never mentioned by the scientists. Uh, as they come up with new discoveries that support Velikovsky, they'll make an announcement, uh, like when they discovered that uh, the surface of Venus actually was pristine. They announced it, but side by side with that announcement, they would, came up with a second theory that whose purpose or whose effect was to distance that find from Velikovsky. They said, well, clearly geological forces we don't understand yet must have globally resurfaced the planet. They've actually said that with other, other bodies out there, huh. too, that, that it looks to me as if um, Pluto could be a much younger body than we think, and that some of the moons of... They might be right about that. Of ...the gas giants could be uh, more recent bodies than um, the Earth is. Now, was Venus the comet that got captured, or is it the byproduct of the collision with something in Jupiter? Well, the, the myths, ancient Greek myths, say that a goddess named Demetis, um, there was a prophecy that she would have a child even greater than um, Zeus. And so uh, Zeus ended up swallowing Metis and then gave birth to Venus. Uh, Venus uh, was emerged from the head of Zeus. This is Pallas Athena, um, uh, who shouldn't be confused with uh, Athena the goddess. Um, 
in, from a scientific point of view, there was a study done in China in 2010. Uh, they were trying to explain why the core of Jupiter is intensely hotter than theory predicts it should be and also about half the size that it should be. And they ran computer scenarios, all sorts of different scenarios, and decided that um, the one that fit was that at some period in time, a planet 10 times the size of Earth um, crashed into Jupiter, sank to its core, and vaporized the core. Wow. Now, astronomically speaking, Laird, what captured Venus in its orbit where it's become now the second planet from the Sun? Well, we can look at... um, we actually see evidence of it happening. Uh, we have two of the, the stars of, of astronomy, um, Ptolemy, who lived uh, in the early uh, centuries, around the you know, early centuries A.D., or just, uh, and then we had uh, Copernicus, who was like the father of astronomy. And they both, um, independently of each other, hundreds of years apart from each other, sat down and recorded the times of visibility and invisibility of Venus as seen from the Earth. And they also drew pictures of the the phases of Venus, like the phases of the moon that you can see, and drew them how they looked through their telescopes. Now, the interesting thing is that what Ptolemy produced doesn't agree with what we see today, which it should. If Venus's orbit has always been like clockwork, we should see the same thing he did. And Copernicus also doesn't agree with us, but more importantly, Copernicus doesn't agree with Ptolemy. So hmm. they may have actually accidentally caught Venus's orbit in transition, um, moving into a more circular orbit. And, and isn't Venus slowing down right now? Uh, yes, and that that's also an indication that's that um, there are forces acting on Venus we don't understand. There was a recent probe called Venus Express. This was a European Space Agency probe that um, spent a couple of years in orbit around Venus recording things. Um, and when they compared those, the measurements of Venus's or, uh, rotation with measurements that had been taken 12 years earlier, they discovered that the rotation speed had slowed by six and a half minutes over like 16-year period span of time. Um, so the very least we can say from that is that we don't have a handle on all the forces that are acting on Venus, so we're not really in a position to say categorically that it couldn't have its orbit that couldn't have circularized in the amount of time we have. And why is his theory so controversial? I mean, even if he's right or wrong, big deal. Why attack the guy? I mean, it's a it's a theory. It's a thought. Well, why, because, why is it so controversial? Well, first of all, because of the the visibility he had, he was. A highly visible, um, because of his relationship with Einstein and work he and Einstein had done together in Europe and uh, founding uh, university in Israel, he was a very visible um, uh, author. Uh, people were going to pay attention to what he had to say. And what he was saying would have upset the traditional views of how planets form. It would have meant that neither of the theories, uh, the leading theories for how planets form, was correct. What's interesting is that in the the 60-some years since um, he wrote, um, astronomers who study the exosolar systems, mm-hmm. the solar systems that are, are outside of ours, um, have really come around to Velikovsky's point of view. They have actually embraced an official theory that is almost identical to what Velikovsky said. They say gas giants form in the first 10 million years of a star's life, and that rocky planets form in the second 10 million years 
primarily as a result of collisions with the gas giants. Well, that's precisely what Velikovsky said, that a collision created Venus, a collision with a gas giant, Venus, or Jupiter. And so, um, of course, we understand that a collision can theoretically happen anytime. It, uh, it doesn't have to happen billions of years ago. It could happen tomorrow if the right-sized body were to smash into a gas giant. Frank Strangis, the researcher and author, years ago wrote a story about someone coming from Venus called Valiant Thor, who literally came to Ven- came from Venus to try to negotiate with the Eisenhower administration and was rebuked. What do you think of that? Well, back in the 1950s, uh, a lot of scientists felt that Venus was going to be um, habitable, that we could go there and colonize it. They felt that it was so much like the Earth. If Venus really was billions of years old and was about the same size, formed about the same time as the Earth and in about the same way, that it ought to be a habitable planet. We get there and we discover that the atmosphere on Venus is so close to what the primordial atmosphere was like on Earth that climatologists say that they found a time machine. They can look at what goes on on Venus and, and understand in a better way what must have happened on the Earth. So the climatologists also um, embrace the same point of view as, as Venus, at least in the way they approach um, using that information. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.